0: Jay
1: right in your face. Welcome back to episode 18 of The Fade Away. It's your host, Fatty, alongside me today. How you doing, Zate Sixero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dug myself a hole with these names. Now I'm trying, like begging and <laughs> scratching the surface for names every week. That How you was, doing,
0: bud? That one was good because we were talking about Six Sixero earlier, yeah, earlier, yeah. earlier today. So that yeah. was between there me you and go. you. But uh, round one is almost done. I believe we only have the Nuggets and Spurs series and then the... Somehow, someway, the
1: Warriors are still in it. Yes, the Warriors and the Clippers. Or should I it. say the Clippers are still in it? Yeah. Yeah, weird weird uh, first round. If I, I mean, the last time we were on here, the Raptors were down 1-0 and we were pretty pissed. Yes. And we said the Raptors have to win the next four or it's unacceptable. And I can gladly say we're here. Four one series win. Much They've happier. won four straight. Oh, they yeah. look
0: they look a lot better than they did in that first game. They look like themselves now. We look like the team that we should be looking like.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit as well.
0: How is uh, how's everything going? Are you still hooping uh, in, on Bay Street? I've been away for the last three or four games. We got slapped all three or four games, and uh, I remember my uh, my coworker actually today told me he's like he looked at me today. He's like I can't do it anymore. I was like if you don't come, I'm not coming. Like we're gonna get slapped. So. Uh, uh, hopefully next week I I I, uh, I I come back. We we win a couple of games, go to the playoffs, finish the season in June, and then uh, we'll see what happens. Nice. Uh, any news and on STM? Any upcoming tournaments? Any uh, any games coming up?
1: Yeah, we actually got a call today um, from the tournament we have coming up. They're like, "Yo, listen, you guys are uh, you're winning games by too much, so we're bumping up to the AA division." Oh man! So we're about to play in our first AA division. Actually, the guys don't even know this, so if they listen to the pod, they're gonna find out. Before practice, so we'll yeah. see if they actually listen.
0: When's the When's the tournament? Uh, May four,
1: no, May fifth and
0: sixth. May fifth and sixth, okay. And where yeah. is it at? Richmond Hill, Markham, Markham. There yeah. You
1: go. So good, good stuff. Hopefully, we can bring home some hardware. That would be pretty impressive. If you guys win, an, if a guys, a tournament,
0: if you guys win a double A tournament, then you're for sure ranked double A for then OBAs. That would be That would be pretty impressive. That's legit.
1: Yeah. Maybe we should blow the tournament.
0: Yeah, if you guys want to win, o- win OBAs, get, get get single A and then win that. That's that's dope too.
1: What a first round! I mean, the East. It's kind of been a East is It's
0: been a muckery
1: on the Eastern Conference side. We had one well two gentlemen sweeps and then two actual sweeps. So for anybody who doesn't know what a gentleman sweep is, it's a 4-1 series win. Yes. But actually, fun fact, I did look up what a gentleman's a sweep is and apparently it's not any sweep. So a gentleman's sweep is if you win the first two Yeah. No stress. And then you just kind of give up the third one. Yeah. But then win the next two. Or you go up 3 0 and give up one game. The whole point of a gentleman sweep is that there's no point in time where you're actually like afraid that you're going to lose. You
0: give them one at home. But the Raptors lost game one at home. So so that's not not really a gentleman sweep. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I think Brooklyn beat Philly on game game one. So neither were gentleman sweeps, technically by the rules. Yeah. And then the other two were sweeps. So not very competitive. Um, Raptors did end up. Winning that series 4-1, uh, they annihilated the magic.
0: First time in history, won four straight games. They so annihilated the, the magic. Yeah. They, they
1: completely eliminated DJ Augustine after that game one that he had. Yeah. They, I mean, Marcus All made
0: Vucevic, Vucevic oh, into a shadow wow. of himself. I know. Like, Completely
1: controlled him there, which is very impressive. Pascal just growing up. game blew by, blew by game. Up. Yeah. He just keeps growing. And then obviously... Kawhi with the steadiness he, game three he struggled a little bit but yeah all in all he's been one of the better performers in the playoffs this uh this season uh but we can't help to look at, at what what's next you know the raptors aren't here to win a first round series
0: this is, this is exciting uh,
1: and and i think this is the first time in general not even just in the like without the lebron era in general that the east semis yeah are going to be this competitive we have yeah. two series that are Head to head, and nobody knows Who's it could go either yeah. way. I guess the yeah. only one where you can really say Milwaukee, just because of how impressive they've been. I don't even know. But you, know also you can't I never count on Boston. But let's talk about Toronto, Philly. Talk me, talk me through your thoughts on the first round series, and then talk me through how to prepare or where you're at in terms of where. Because I know we were talking yesterday, and you were a little bit yeah shaky about that series.
0: I don't know. I, I've I've listened to a bunch of different things, and it seems like the Raptors are favored. From what I've listened to, which comes heavily, as, which comes as a surprise to me, because first of all, Raptors are never favored in any given scenario. And then second, like Philadelphia, I think I that think they're a good team to match up against us. They've got the size to match up against us. They got the physicality to match up against us. They but t- then I started looking into a couple things. You maybe you made me look into things a little bit deeper, but I still don't know. I'm going to kind of go ahead and put out like a guess. I'm going to say Raptors in six. If it goes to seven. I'm not confident the Raptors will, get, will win the Game 7. At home? We can't win Game 1s at home. Yeah, but Game 7 win? is different. I, I don't know. That, that, I have no idea, though. Like, also,
1: it, I know we bashed this guy a lot, especially last episode, but right. did you see Kyle's Plus, minus? closeout game stats? It did. He's one of the best
0: closeout game yes. playoff closeout players but, on, on the team. I still, found the it's, best. It's, games, ah, it, 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 it's a tough thing to... to I know, I know. In, in Game Sevens, we had that one year we went to like two Game Sevens in a row and yeah. we closed it out. But I think I just think Philadelphia matches really well against the Raptors and and and, and when you talk about size, talk about you know they've got Ben at the point, Junior Butler's a big guy, Tobias Harris is a big guy, is a big guy. The smallest guy is JJ Redick, and who I think if anyone if there's gonna be an X factor to this series for the Sixers, we have to contain JJ Redick, and that's why I think is gonna be our Achilles heel because. If you look at the Orlando series, one of the guys who was killing it for us was Terrence Ross. For, for them, for Orlando, was Terrence Ross. And we had to put... It was to the point where they made the adjustment where they kind of swarmed Terrence Ross and played him. And put, sometimes put two guys on him and swarmed him when he got when he got the ball. You can't do that against the Sixers. You've got good players. You don't have Michael Carr Williams.
1: The only the only thing with T. Ross is that he's got a little bit of height on J.J. So I think as a one-on-one guard, J.J. is a better guard for like a Kawh- uh, Kyle. Like a Kyle can chase him around the screens, can can get in his face, can like we're gonna talk matchups in a little bit, but it's very odd that out of the
0: five JJ's, the one that because you're you know you're about. gonna guard Tobias, you know you're gonna guard Drew Butler, you know you're gonna guard Embiid. Yeah, the thing he's, is here he's you probably can
1: probably the most stoppable one out of all of them.
0: Not really, because that's the guy you sleep on. If, if if you look at the five, the one guy you sleep on is a lethal shooter, and he plays kind of the same way Terrence Ross does. He comes off those screens, puts up those like. Wild kind of three point shots that yeah. those are his shots, right? So, when I look at it, like I'm not saying he's going to come out and score 40, but you know, when you come down to the wire, you come to close games, when he, there's maybe five point differential in, in a game, JJ Reddick is usually the guy who kind of puts the dagger in you, right? So, that's why I'm only saying he's an X factor. But a couple of things I want to focus on, I guess I'll start with the matchup with um, Marcus on and Joel Embiid. That's not that heavily favored for Joel, Joel Embiid. Historically, Marcus Saul has been. Shutting him down, right and heavy, heavy and and so five games they played together they played against each other in in their careers four of which came from this year so we'll go it'll it'll be skewed towards this year. Joel Beale only averages fourteen points and then he's shooting thirty four percent from the field. So you know I mean Mark is a former Defensive Player of the Year. You know he's obviously he's started
1: out the year as potential defensive yeah, player. Yeah and level. obviously he's
0: older whatever but he's a white like. He knows how to play defense. He plays like a position defense, right? And he's physical. And that's going to be a physical matchup for Joel Embiid. And he's also thick. That's what I'm saying. And and on the flip side, Joel Embiid doesn't necessarily like to guard guys who shoot or who can shoot the ball. And I think Marcus is really smart, plays the pick and roll very well, passes very well, and shoots very well. So I think it's going to be a bit of a troubling matchup for Joel Embiid. We are talking about regular season matchups, so everything in in the playoffs is a bit amplified. But... For me, I, I, I'm i looking at that matchup and I'm saying I don't think the six... The reason why I think the Raptors will take it in six is because Joel Embiid isn't that heavily favored in that, in this matchup.
1: Well, it's funny you bring that up because Joel Embiid is... Could be either the most unstoppable player in the series or could be the reason that they lose. And the reason that they lose in the sense that he's not healthy. Yeah. He so he's, right. he's suffering some right. knee tendinitis right now. He missed a game in the first round. There's not saying he's going to miss a game in the second round, but... He's gonna be playing through some pain. He's gonna be playing through, you know, his lack of being able to move laterally, being yeah. able to move quick off the off his step. And when Gasol's not on the floor, it's Ibaka. And Ibaka can move. Yeah. Ibaka can stand on the perimeter. Ibaka can can stretch you in ways that other bigs can't. So. I look at Joel Embiid and his knee issue, and then obviously when we bring up the head-to-head with Marcus Saul and just the team defense. Like we're number two in defensive rating mm-hmm. in the playoffs, mm-hmm. so just the way we've been able to shut teams down. And I know it's Orlando, but you just look at the adjustments that we made. And Nick Nurse, yeah, he actually, really coached. He really coached well in the first round. He he it saw a lot of the things that were killing us in that game one, and he just changed it. had an answer for everything. I mean, it comes down to Joel Embiid, and then obviously Ben Simmons historically, especially this season, not historically, this season has struggled against Kawhi Leonard. Yep. Uh, I think this season, anyways, is the first time in his career he's ever played him, but uh, Kawhi knows how to turn him over. About 6-7 turnovers a game for Ben against Kawhi. And then just the way Kawhi is able to get anywhere on the court at his pace, at his speed. I don't know, man. I, I feel like these matchups are definitely in our favor. And then you look at the bench, Mike Scott is their biggest player on the bench, and he might not play. He's had he's some heel yeah, soreness, yes, yeah. plantar fasciitis. So if he misses it, then their depth is really, really rough, man. If TJ McConnell is playing 10-plus minutes for you, like that's that's a gimme for us. That's yeah. That's exactly what we want. So if I had to pick, I'm gonna go Raptors in six. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't want to say Raptors in five, but I can see it happening.
0: I would to say Raptors in five because I know that game one is very. It's, 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 be a, shaky. it's almost a giveaway. It's, it's almost a giveaway. But interesting that you 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 bring up Kawhi and Ben Simmons. So if you want to look at it, Ben Simmons put up 17 points and 11 turnovers in 115 possessions defended by Kawhi. So clearly he struggles against Kawhi. Kawhi's aggressive man. Kawhi's strong. Like Ben Simmons doesn't go against strong point guards have his size regularly right so when you look at the matchups the matchups are very heavily in our favor but Sixers are good like they're i think the raptors and boston and the sixers have the top three starting lineups in the playoffs right now right so in the playoffs you ride your starters right so if your head-to-head matchup these two teams have the top three stars in the league it's going to be a very interesting matchup and then also from what you brought to our attention last time, our, our, in our last episode, when you said our biggest issue was offensive rebounding, guess who the they, best offensive rebounding team in the league is? Philly. It's the Sixers, right? So
1: head above two,
0: right? So and I think we're the we're not that bad in defensive rebounding, where we were third in the league or fourth in the league, but for some reason we struggled a lot in that game one, and if you keep those bad habits, especially a team that is the top in the league. You're gonna be you're gonna, you're gonna run into some trouble.
1: Yeah, offensive rebounding is gonna be massive for us. And in the playoffs, Joel's 28 and 14. Albeit he's not played against Gasol. He's played against yeah. Jared Allen and lesser talented guys yeah. and and younger guys than than Marc Gasol. Yeah, obviously Marc Gasol is a little older, but he's got the wisdom. He's got the patience. He's got the you know the the veteran savviness yeah. that, that he comes with. This so is why we brought him here? This is exactly it. Yeah. Uh So. I mean, I still, I'm mean, for matchup wise. I'd like to see Kyle checking JJ Redick, just because I think from a size perspective, Kyle, uh, that's JJ. pretty head to head. Uh, I want Kawhi on Ben Timmons because I want to stop him as much as possible. Just slow him down from being able to drive in the paint and get to the basket. This the way he did against yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see Pascal and Tobias Harris because I think that's going to be a good matchup. Right. Pascal has the length. Tobias is a big guy, but he's long. He's Pascal big, has man. got length. He's got speed. Yeah. He's a great defender.
0: I think Pascal is favored in that in, in, in yeah. that matchup because obviously I, I think Tobias is too slow to To keep up with him. obviously
1: Gasol and Bead, and then the last one I think is one of the the ones that we forget about is Danny and Jimmy. Yeah, because Danny's a big guy too, and Danny's one of the better defenders in the league. He's yeah. getting nods for his second team all defense yeah. this year. Uh, he's having one of the one of his better years in his career. These guys are just playing more free. Danny's just shooting more comfortably. He's more confident. Mm-hmm. He's like he's in this position now where he's like, man, I, I'm Danny Green. Like I can do this. Yeah. I, I can shoot. I yeah. can make these shots so uh if i had to look at this series i'm going to go forward to toronto yeah hopefully uh, i hope so we got a knock on wood and then yeah. we look over at the other side so first round both these teams swept so not much to talk about there yeah I'm not uh, gonna... but uh we look at boston and milwaukee which is going to be a very exciting series because milwaukee has been head-to-head just the best team in the nba this yeah. entire season and even just Destroying. I know obviously without Blake Griffin playing, but just even with completely annihilating Detroit. Like it wasn't even competitive. Yeah. Uh so let's talk about that series and where you think that's gonna end up.
0: I honestly have no idea. Only because obviously Milwaukee's been the better team this year, but I mean you have two elite coaches, Brad Stevens, Mike Budenhoser, both coached both I mean Brad Stevens, you can say he hasn't coached to his potential this year, but you yeah. know historically he's he's a he's a wizard. Yeah, Mike Brunhozer put up a great year this year, and then I mean personnel wise, Boston you can't count them out, and they seemed like they were clicking at the right times in um, in the first round against Indiana, albeit against Indiana. But my only thing is they didn't really beat Indiana convincingly. A lot of it was. You know, Indiana actually was leading at half in every single game, and then they just had a bad quarter or a bad stretch, and then Boston's able to capitalize, and that's that's the game. For- yeah, it's,
1: it's actually funny you bring that up because if you look at the offensive ratings in the league this year, the last place was the New York Knicks <laughs> at about 106 points per 100 possessions. Boston won that series at about like 97, 98.
0: Yeah, it's, which
1: and they swapped it by the way. Yeah. So
0: just I mean, Indiana had, had had no had nothing. I mean, they overachieved in the regular season, even when Oladipo went down. So it's not a fair comparison. I mean, it, neither is Milwaukee and Detroit. But I'm gonna go. If I had to put money on it, what I would do, I would probably go Milwaukee in six. I think, especially with all these new reports saying KD is gonna go to the Knicks. I think Kyrie's looking forward to, to, to next year and go to the Knicks as well. I think that's a distraction. I think they haven't gelled all year. So I think once they face adversity against Milwaukee, I think that's gonna really highlight a lot of their problems. No Mark is smart, I believe, still. And I just think Mike Mike Bohon's is a good coach. I think he's gonna be able to outcoach Brad in this case, just because he's been he's been doing well all season. So I just I, I'm gonna go Milwaukee in six.
1: I'm actually gonna go Boston in six. And the reason why is because I think Boston just has more talent. Like, Milwaukee's got a lot of good role players, and they're also missing Brogdon. So, one of their bigger advantages, I mm. guess, now, aside from Brogdon, is B. Lopez. I talked about him all year long. Yeah. He's nicknamed Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. Because he's a shooter. Um, but who is better equipped to go up against them than Boston? Because you go Aaron Baines and you go Al Horford. You go Baines is, is a smaller big man who can check the perimeter, and that's fine. He can play up against a guy who wants to shoot threes. Yeah. And then Al Horford,
0: don't like he's not going to gonna
1: stop Giannis. Nobody can stop Giannis. Yeah. But he can definitely get in his way. Al Horford's a big guy. He's a great defender. He knows how to play against Giannis. They took them to seven games last year. Do I think...
0: I would have put Giannis on. Do I think uh,
1: I'm just not sold that like Milwaukee hasn't really seen real competition, and outside of Giannis, who's consistent? Who's going to bring it every night? Like is Bledsoe going to bring it against Kyrie? I
0: hope so. But is he? he? We we don't don't know. know. Yeah, I'm saying there's so many unknowns. Like there's
1: there's a lot of factors, and I think just when you look at Boston, like Gordon Hayward is becoming more confident, playing more aggressive basketball. You have Al Horford, you have Marcus Morris, you have. Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum—like all these kids—are so talented, and they had like Jalen Brown had a great game four, game three, I think, in the series. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum had twenty six points in game two. Like these kids are coming into their own right now; they're getting comfortable, and I think as a team they're gelling at the right time. They're coached by the best coach in the Eastern Conference. I don't know, man. I, I can I can definitely see Boston taking this one in six.
0: I'm not going to disagree with you I mean I've been I've been saying no matter what Boston did this season I've always been saying oh they've got a great team on paper they've got a great team on paper and you just listed all those names and they're, they've are they got a great team on paper but who are you going to throw at Giannis? Al Hofer I don't think we'll be able to stop not, not, not even he slowed him down not even him down did he? last year I mean like it's a new year bigger Giannis faster I just think yeah, I just, Al Hofer's too slow for that you know what well, I mean? well he's not going to guard him in the full court So he's, but he, Giannis gonna he can shoot at mid-range Which is fine. He's not a good mid-range shooter though.
1: Yeah, he's decent. He doesn't really Giannis plays bully ball.
0: I think he can bully, absolutely bully Al Horford. I don't know. I think he's strong Al Horford's a gamer. (laughs) He is. I love Al Horford. He's a solid guy. But yeah, like I said, I'm not gonna disagree with you because I don't I don't know which way he's gonna bounce. I'm just taking Milwaukee based off of consistency this this year. I think like like I said, Mike Mike B has been able to coach them throughout the whole season. There's just been a lot of issues in Boston, but if Boston wins in 6, I won't be surprised. Yeah, I was just
1: going to say if Milwaukee wins in 4, I'm not going to be surprised. I'll be, no, no, and
0: 4 and, is wild. Man, I'll, I'll be, be surprised by The Milwaukee
1: that. is so electric. Like they I don't know what it is. They're just so electric. You're they they score so they, many points, they insane. defend so right. well. They're so efficient.
0: They're a good team. Good team. Who, who do you want to win?
1: Who do I want to win? Who you, I want who, Boston. Who, who,
0: you want to see Raptors against Boston? Yeah, I think
1: Milwaukee's a nightmare of a matchup for, for Toronto. Us. We couldn't it's, beat them which, at all this season. Which is strange. Which huh? is strange
0: as to why that is. Well, we though. didn't
1: have Gasol as well, but just they're all lanky wing players,
0: and Boston is better equipped to handle them. But we're better equipped to handle Boston. But we've got length too. That's that's why I'm confused. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it, we should match up way yeah, better. We, were, against we got, them, got but.
1: killed, but I don't know. It was early in the season. I feel like we played them a lot earlier in the yeah. in the year. Anyways, let's talk. Uh, one of the more exciting series the of the first round. I know yeah. it was only a five gamer, but probably the most exciting five game series I've ever seen. Uh, OKC Portland. So let's talk about this one. Damian Lillard, we've, man. man,
0: we've we've given Dame did a we goof or
1: what, buddy? We, 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 we said, guessed what? OKC in like
0: five OKC, or six. We, I said OKC in five. I think you agreed with me. Come I, on, I didn't honestly. We've we've given Dame a lot of. Because he, he, we always say that he complains and a right lot. He and sold, whatever. He got swept
1: in the playoffs last year.
0: He got swept. Right. man. So, but I mean, I mean, he converted me this year. Like after that, that, that performance, scoring what 50 in the, in the last game, that was game the, winner.
1: That was the 50th point to the like, game winner, bro. Like he just yo, technically me. That was,
0: that was a bad shot. <laughs> I never shout I, out. I love Paul PG, George. but that was the worst thing I've ever heard. Like. I don't want to hear you say that. Yeah,
1: the way he said it too, like so salty, man. Like, it was it heard, was just bro. like you can tell he's doing it to defend himself. Like, yeah, I don't care. It was just it was a bad yeah. shot.
0: And I, I saw, um, I just saw a video on Instagram before we we started. Jalen Rose is breaking down. It was it's like Jalen Rose breaks down Dame time. The first shot of the series. If you go and replay it is the same exact shot as the last shot of the series. Dame Leonard, what thirty five footer, forty footer. From one of the logos, that side logo pulls up three point, boom, in. Logo Lillard. Man. Logo Lillard, right? So you could no, say it's eight, a bad shot. Eight of twelve from thirty plus feet in the series. Yeah, like eight of twelve. Like these are bad shots for you know, like what? For Vamvli, sure. But for a guy like Steph Curry, a guy like Dame Lillard, they, they pull the a Why you got to bring
1: our boy Fred Van Vliet I'm up just like saying, that? He's, he's, in
0: not, the he's in the Hall of Fade, bro. Like, <laughs> If yo, if I see him taking that shot, we're going to see the bad shot. And I also saw a video. of Dame put that same shot up against the Lakers. Ingram was like, that was a bad closeout because he was guarding me. It was game winner. He's like, that was, that was a bad closeout on me. So you see the two different mindsets there. And I just think Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard has kind of elevated himself after this performance to like top-tier Playing guard in the league, man. Like top three, I'm p- putting him with Steph. I'm putting. Who are you putting second? Like, I, I, I right now I take Lillard over Kyrie. Mm, Lillard, man, the way he's playing, you the are, way you are way, in love with the first round, the way he's been playing. Oh, right now I'm saying. I mean, this is in the moment. Kyrie's just
1: had like one of his, if not his best season of his career, and he's a champion. Yeah, but he had LeBron when he won. Yeah, but I'm saying now he's having one of his best years.
0: So it's hold There's, no, there's no taking away from Damien.
1: Yeah, but he hasn't done anything, man. Like you need to relax a little. Bit. I'm talking about right now, this year. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna give him the crown over Kyrie. But he's definitely, definitely changed my mind this year. Like just the way he's been playing and he's hungry. Like
0: man, after getting he's, swept, he's he's out and he's he's coming to kill. And we 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 said OKC especially because of the loss of Nurkic, but Cantor is actually filled his role he, he he outplayed steven adams yeah so i want, I want to talk about okc a
1: little bit because obviously if you watch the series you can tell portland is is here and they're ready to to do some work i know we just right before you hit sent me a post about ennis Cantor might miss a couple games if not the whole series so hopefully he does not because they do need that yeah uh but i mean they are hungry dame is hungry cj is hungry and they're, they're just back and they're playing really well. So shout out to them. But let's talk about KC for a little bit because I want to discuss, you know, a couple things here. So head-to-head, head, I looked at Dame versus Russ in the series. So Dame, 33-4-6, 46% field goal, 48% three-point. Russell Westbrook, 23-11-9, shooting 36% from the field, 32% from three. 36% from the field, 32% from three. Why are you shooting still? The last game, elimination game, he shot 11 for 31, and PG was 14 for 20. He took 11 more shots than PG and made three less. Yeah. So I want to segue into talking about, I kind of want to bring back an earlier episode of this podcast where we talked about some of the worst contracts in the NBA. Yeah. Let's talk Russell Westbrook.
0: Let's talk about the whole OKC f- roster.
1: Let's do it. Because Russell Westbrook, through the 2019 2020 season, he's making $38 million. In that same season, yes. Paul George is making $33 million. Mm-hmm. And there's another fellow in there making $26 million.
0: Do you know who that is? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm not going to lie. Steven Adams, $26 million. And then guess who's next up? I didn't we'll even look at that Yeah, Dennis one. Schroeder. Schroeder at 15, but,
1: but-, but Dennis Schroeder was brought in because of the mellow contract right so that was
0: and then dennis Schroder at 15 and andre Robertson at, at 10 so you've got that's like 100 million right there in your, in look, and you're in five guys like it's that, safe
1: like, to say the top three is not moving for a few reasons number one ain't nobody in their right mind taking that russell westbrook contract the only thing worse than the russell westbrook contract is the john wall contract and they're pretty much the exact same thing the only thing is westbrook actually plays Absolutely, yeah. At right. least John Wall doesn't play, yeah. and they can
0: they can actually what recoup. They have 80% an insurance, that, right? yep,
1: insurance policy. They can recoup about eighty percent of that yeah. next season. So, so, so it's better rust fee. This don't is in this present moment. <laughs> this is the worst. Conference. Yeah, actually, uh, that's reason number one. Nobody's gonna swallow that deal. Reason number two. Stephen Adams is a nice player, but
0: twenty six million. What
1: GM is sitting there being like, man? I need me a traditional big man who can't shoot, not even a mid range. Who can't shoot. He is a hell of a pick and roll game though. Yeah. Hell of a hell of a, a floater game. Good hands are on the rim. Good rebounder. But am I gonna pay $25, 26 million dollars for that? Absolutely not. No chance. Why would I do that? When I could just pay five million to a guy like Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Who's gonna come yeah. to do a heck of a job?
0: Yeah. Off the bench too. Like he won't even want starter minutes. You know so, what I mean?
1: Just in that big three next season, which is the lowest season of all seasons in terms of pay. These guys are locked in almost $100 million in a third- that big three. And that big three is not going anywhere for the next at least two seasons. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, for the next three, four seasons, is Paul George and Russ. Uh, and at that point, Russ is going to be making 43 to $47 million.
0: OKC has the third highest payroll in the league at yep. uh, $144 mil, And, they, and got bounced, stock- they got bounced in the first round. So I guess the question that we got to look at is, Okay,
1: we can pretty much assume that OKC is not going to change. So, how do you go about this?
0: So, I a lot of people think maybe it's Billy Donovan, but I don't think, I don't think necessarily he did a poor job. I don't think he did a great job. I think he's fine. I don't think he deserves to be fired. And I think like if you fire him this year, like he's just a scapegoat. He's got one more year on his deal, I think, and they picked up the option on that deal this in in, in in the middle of the season. I and I've and I've heard that. The GM Sam Presti is very high on Billy. Yeah, Donovan. they have a they have a relationship. So, coach, I don't think he's the issue. Who who do I think the issue is? It's it's Russ Westbrook. When were they most successful during their season? When Paul George was an MB, MVP candidate 13. and Russ was shooting less. So, I know Russ has been saying, "I'm gonna come." Oh, you guys said I'm not a team player. I came back I averaged 10 assists or 11 assists. Oh, now you're, now you're saying I'm not a good shooter. I'm gonna come back a better shooter. I want Russ to come back a better shooter. I also want Russ to come back a better team player. You know, you're kind of, I think he's approaching 30 years old, so you're kind of hitting the downswing of your prime now. You're you're kind of getting over that hump. But for a guy who's as, as athletic as he is, maybe don't go 130% on offense. Maybe contribute more on the def- defensive end. You know, a lot of times you see him taking plays off. Uh, you, you know, he's very good. At, he, he, he averages a lot of steals, but... A lot of times you see him looking he's a for easy defense. Yeah, he's looking for rebounds as opposed to defending his man and he gets lost on on defense a lot of times, right? So, considering that we can't move any 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 personnel, yeah, we shouldn't fire the head coach. I think Russ needs to kind of look back and be like, "Okay, hey, listen, when were we most successful this season?" Yeah. And that's when PG was putting up numbers and that's when I was shooting less but more efficient. Russ's problem
1: is I feel like he's too arrogant now. Yeah. He's like irreparably arrogant. Absolutely. I I just feel a as long as he doesn't have an attitude change, nothing will change with this team. Nothing is going to mm. change. It's all going to start with Russ, and it's going to end with Russ because Paul George is Paul George, and he's going to be good. You know, he still played relatively well in this series, and he was injured yeah, prior. Like sure he wasn't one hundred percent starting the playoffs. Right, so obviously he did struggle a couple games, but generally speaking, he did play pretty well. It was Russell Westbrook that was not playing well at all. So we got to reconsider, you know, his attitude and his.
0: You know, view of the game and IQ of the game of basketball, but until that happens, and I don't know, this is the guy who they chose over everybody. You know what I mean? And I was listening to something by um, Zach Zach Lowe's podcast originally, and they're like, a lot of people say it was the the whole six years ago was Harden versus Serge. Who would they choose? But nobody looks at it as Harden versus Russ, what? right? Just because Russ's contract was a year went up a year um, earlier, yeah. But if you look at it like. They invested so much into Russ to the point where Serge is gone, to the point where they gave away Harden, to the point where K- KD left. KD left. They, and they didn't really do enough to accommodate KD, right? So, if Russ, if you're the guy, I think maybe management has to go down and be like, yo, like this is how you should start to play. Or you know, If, if, if you're going to invest in this guy, Sule, no. you got to change his attitude. That's the only he's, way he's going to win. He's making upwards of
1: $35 million a year for the next three years guaranteed. Done. He's he's not. He's gonna play forever. I mean, we could focus on this dark spot in the West, but we could also look at the the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, called the L A. Clippers because talk about a bright spot in yeah. the league. This team trades their best player mid season to buy Harris, and we're like, okay, they're definitely they're gonna tank because I think they had a kicker where if they didn't make the playoffs, their pick becomes a lottery pick or something mm-hmm. like that. And then they ended up surging and making the playoffs. And not only did they make the playoffs, they have now become the second team to the Houston Rockets to challenge Golden State to a series <laughs> that lasts more than five games the in the KD team. era. Second team to Houston Rockets. Wow. They are also, I think, the second team to, if not the first team, to beat them at home in multiple games in the same series. Uh, but I, I, I don't, don't quote me on that one. But I mean, I if they've know. only ever played one series more than five games, it's yeah. very likely. So. Do I think the Clippers are going to win this series? Absolutely not. Do I think it could go to seven? Maybe, but probably not. Uh, The Golden State Warriors annihilated them in LA. So I think that's exactly what's going to happen. It's actually happening as we speak right now. Right now. Uh, But do I think that the Clippers are going to win? No. What do I think is the concern? In the two losses for the Warriors, they gave up 129 points and 135
0: points. They blew that 31-point lead.
1: Their team defense has been garbage all season long and yeah. in the playoffs they have just been lazy poor closeouts like Draymond green forgot to play basketball <laughs> they don't help each other out it's just slow movements slow switches and upwards of 130 points per game allowed against the clippers i guess the clippers what's it's, gonna happen against the rockets yeah like and and we can only say here so much and say yeah they play down to their competition they did but They've never ever lost more than one game against yeah. anybody other than Houston. So there's gotta be something that's that's missing here. What's what's going on in uh, in the Bay
0: Area? It's just it's just a lack of heart. You know what I mean? Like it's just out of all teams, Clippers probably have the most heart in the league. You know, you're led by like an emotional guy like Pat Bev who plays his heart out every single game. Um, you've got these young kids, Shea Gilgis, and you've got um, Landry Shamit. Is it Landry? Yeah, Landry Shamit. These kids have nothing to lose. They're just putting it all on the line. Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams is is balling out of his mind. Like they just want. It just looks like the Clippers want it more, and it just looks like the Warriors want it. Don't want it. You know what I mean? And and you look at it. I think this year Houston is more poised to beat the Warriors, and this year as well, the Warriors are more poised to lose to the to the Rockets. Like it's it's they 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 what
1: the Warriors have home court. I I agree. they play home. They're playing awful at home this year.
0: See, like, but it, it's it still the Warriors, and I everyone and everyone says they can turn on whenever they want. And I kind of I do still believe they can turn on whenever they want. It's, you just got to see something out of them. Like it, it just it doesn't look like like you 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 told me Steve Steve Kerr. They were asking what's your identity, or whatever, or yeah, and they're like, well, we're back to back champs, like. They're confident, but they're lazy. Clay Thompson is. Clay's like, been talking about the the next round since Game Three. Right, and Clay Thompson's like, "Let's just finish this series already." Like, but you got to come in with that attitude and that business-like mentality. Don't come in, you know, just lazy. You're underestimating your opponent, and that's what happens. You get beat. In a game where
1: KD gets 45, both Steph and Clay have 24 plus, and they lose. How? How does that happen? That's unheard of. It's not normal. They allowed 129 points. That's how. One hundred and twenty nine points is unacceptable.
0: It's just weak I think just, like, the mental aspect isn't there for them. They're the like the championship hangover, you want like real. It's real. I wonder real. if I wonder if Harden is watching
1: this and being like, I'm gonna take all of Lou's moves and just eat.
0: Bro, I think oh, I can't wait to see that series. I think I I think there was reports that Houston already flew out to the Bay Area to prepare yeah, like Yeah, to prepare early. To prepare early, yeah. which is a, kind of a slap to the Clippers, but Game six is happening right now. I think Clippers are sorry. I think the Warriors are gonna close it out, but I'm not so much more concerned about this series. Like this series was nice for the Clippers. I, what I'm there's two things I'm concerned about. I think if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I see the Clippers putting in that much work against the Warriors that makes them look like a lot better of a destination in uh, free agency. So as a Raptors fan, I don't want I don't like seeing that. And then number two, I look at the vulnerability of the Warriors against the Rockets. I'm like, wow, like. Rockets have a chance, like a really good chance. This yeah. year. They took them to seven last year. This is not the third round. It's the second round. Chris Paul hopefully stays healthy. James Harden, even better somehow this year. Yeah,
1: case for MIP like D'Antoni said. Case for
0: MIP, yeah. Eric Gordon still playing well. He carried them when um, Harden struggled in, the, yeah. in, in that first round. So that's my two main concerns. Is, is just I, I don't know what they're going to do against the, against the Rockets. Will they come ready against the Rockets? And you're wasting energy.
1: I think they're talented enough and experienced enough to come prepared. It's just a matter of will they? That's that's what we got to wait for and see. But I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the Houston and Utah first round series uh, just before we end off this episode. So uh, a couple of my major takeaways, Donovan Mitchell, game one, 39%, 19 points. Game two, 26%, 11 points. Game three, 33%, 34 points. Game 4, 42%, 31 points. So, Game 3 and 4, he played pretty well. Yeah. And then Game 5, the closeout game, 3-1, backs up against the wall. It's go time. Yeah. 18%. I know.
0: 12. Points. Poor kid, man. And he had like four turnovers down the stretch. He just couldn't even get a shot just, up in the, at the end of the game.
1: That, and then I look at Rudy Gobert in this series. He's a minus 10 throughout the entire wow. series. And I think Houston was trying this thing where they would defend Jazz Harden from, or sorry, uh, yeah. the Jazz were trying to defend Harden from the
0: back. I think that that really messed him up. That trying was to, really not good for for him. For they, they, yeah, they, they defended him from the, from behind, giving him the lane because they don't want him to. They want to stop his step back three.
1: Yeah, but then he ended this, up eliminating Gobert yeah. from the series. So
0: I think that the minus ten, I, I I don't think it's. I mean, it's for sure on Gobert, but I think it's a lot on the game plan and the coaching. That was... They're defending it from behind, And they kept going to it,
1: too. It didn't work.
0: (laughs) And they kept going to it. So,
1: very, very obscure defensive scheme. But I think the major takeaways from this is that Utah's just not there yet. Utah's a regular season team. But even in the second half, they played awful teams. They had one of the easiest schedules in the league. And that's when they surged. They were twenty and twenty-one at the All Star break, yeah. or halfway through the season, not even at the All Star break. Twenty and twenty-one. I think this so, is uh,
0: It just—it's just a learning experience for Mitchell. Like, obviously, he's the guy, but he, it, no one's
1: gonna—he digressed though a little bit from last year. That—that's a bit of a concern to me.
0: I think that, but I do think that Houston is a way better matchup than the OKC was last year. Do you know yeah, what I mean? But it's I mean, he a, went a up against team. Russ. He's a rookie. Like Russ is not. Yeah, they mellow. Scrub. Like they had like the, that. That team yeah. was 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 dysfunctional. They're not bit that last year. good,
1: but I mean, I, I just wasn't impressed. Like eighteen percent, twenty six percent, thirty nine percent, 12, 19 points. Like those three games at the, at the
0: same time. Like this is why I'm not gonna just jump the gun on on Donovan. He's a second year guy. He's still on his rookie deal, and he's kind of forced to take the whole team on his back already, right? So let him. These are kind of little, little growing pains to go through. But at the same time, who did he have to help? You know, Jake Jay Crowder was one of the top players. Rookie Ricky Rubio. Was one of the top players, other than, yeah. uh, not really, other than Donovan, but you know, like Corver shooting wasn't really there. Ingalls di- diminished. You know what I mean? So y- you look at the help, they don't really have much offensive help. It's kind of just Donovan Mitchell and and, and the cast that just shoots threes. Um, but what's interesting, what I, what I do want to see them do is kind of see what they add in the offseason, because they have a lot of caps to, cap space this offseason as well. And Ricky Rubio becomes a free agent this offseason. So, do they resign him? Do they bring him back? Does another team take him? He, he's he's improved a lot on his jumper. Yeah, he's he's proven that he can be um, a key player on a on a on a winning team. So, I really want to see them, you know, add a really good piece to their team. And then Quinn Schneider, I think, dropped the ball on his on his yeah. his, his game plan. I, I didn't like their plan. A lot of people were talking about that. Right?
1: too. Yeah. Anyways, so the first round is not. Yeah, finished, done. but it pretty much almost is. I mean, the second round is starting tomorrow. So uh, that does kind of sum up the first round. I do want to uh, do, we want to move into Feddy's 4. It's a new segment that we want to do. Uh, it's the four best performers, in my opinion, mm-hmm. so far in the playoffs. So we'll start from four, go all the way up to one. Yeah. So on number four, I have Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 26 and 12, 4 0 okay. sweep of the first round. Easy money. Uh, number three, I got. Big boy Joel Embiid, 24 and 14, with three blocks a game. Uh, just because the way he played down the stretch against Brooklyn, just purely unstoppable yeah. with that last game, 31, 16, and six blocks. Mm-hmm. Playing on a hobbled knee, like, just crazy, crazy play. Number two, I got a hometown guy, Kawhi Leonard. Really? Uh, yeah, 28 points a game, seven seven rebounds, three assists. Uh, one of the best defenders in the league, and four straight wins. Bang, bang, just get it done. Yeah. And number one, Mr. Dame Dala. Yeah, Dame no time. Damien no Lillard, 33 surprise. points a game. Six rebounds. Four, or six assists, four rebounds. Game winner. 50-point game. Dame time, man. Waving them away. I know. Just you know. Class. Like, just pure class. There's
0: been six walk-off game winners in playoff history. And he yeah. has two of them. Like, that's a wild stat to have. Like, this guy's clutch. Walk-off series. Series, man. Like... The things he's been doing, I mean, he's earned respect for from from, from everyone, and I'm, I'm not going to call him a crybaby anymore, but, you know, insane play from him this this series.
1: For sure, and that uh, that sums up our episode today. Uh, we are excited for the second round of the NBA playoffs, getting nervous as the Raptors advance and play a tough, tough competition yeah. in the Philly 76ers, but should be exciting nonetheless. Game one tomorrow night, and then game one of Boston-Milwaukee Sunday, early afternoon, 1 p.m., mm-hmm. so. That should be exciting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know where to find us. Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Everything. Instagram, anywhere. Uh, we're on it. So let us know what you think. Let us know how you are finding the playoffs and who your, some of your favorites are. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we do appreciate your support and listening every week. And keep keep going with the feedback. Thanks, guys.